You're listening to the world's only pro wrestling podcast, the VIP Lounge, bringing you the best in pro wrestling, new school guests, interviews, and opinions. Brought to you by ReeseRyanBrand.com. And here's your host, the VIP champion, the king of swag, Reese Ryan. What is going on, you guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the VIP Lounge podcast with me, Reese Ryan. Uh, I'm so thrilled to bring you this one. I've been trying to secure this guy for quite a while, um, and because I think he's got so much to say. I think he's a a super-duper underrated talent, considering uh, not only how long he's been going, but also the caliber of performance that he puts out consistently uh, every time that he steps into the squared circle. Uh, so I'm so thrilled to have him. Uh, it's a really fantastic personal interview uh, this time. Uh, I, I love when uh, a guest opens up like this, and you guys are going to love it too. Uh, we talk about the passing of his father. Uh, we talk about kind of what wrestling means to him. We talk about um, the recent events in, in independent pro wrestling and where he thinks the scene is going uh, and so much more. Um, it's an interview that just flew by, honestly. Uh, it's times like this when it doesn't feel like a job. So uh, so that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, once again, guys, this is brought to you by ReeseRyanBrand.com. Please do check it out for any merchandise or any kind of um, anything coming up down the line. Uh, I will say as well, um, there was an ever so slight error with um, Robbie's microphone setup. Uh, it's a little bit quieter than what mine was. It's still completely kind of... Um, listenable it's not not an issue uh, it's just that you might hear that it goes up when i'm talking and a little bit lower when he is so uh i do apologize about that but i do think that uh the interview makes well up for that little technical glitch uh anyway with that out of the way without further ado here's the interview enjoy guys so, all right. So today's guest, we have uh, an amazing, amazing talent. I've been really excited to have him on the VIP lounge. Uh, he doesn't do many podcasts, so I guess I'm going to run this as an exclusive. Uh, we'll we'll go with that. He is 26 years old, and dis- and despite his age, how young he is, he already squats a, a 420 pounds. He deadlifts 485 pounds. He's a former Southside heavyweight champion, Southside speaking champion, Southside tag team champion, NGW Gen X champion, an NGW tag champion, and a BBUR cruiserweight champion. So that is quite a list. That was two post-it notes that I had there that I had to uh, I had to spill there. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it is the one, the only Robbie X. How you doing, my man? Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm good. I'm alive. I'm ready for this. <laughs> it's a whole new experience because, like you said, I don't do these much, but I'm excited. Well, you know, it's a it's a, it's a good one to start on the VIP lounge. We've had a uh, we've had Nathan Cruz, uh, we've had Matt Myers, uh, we've had some really good kind of uh, north northeast uh, England talents uh, as well, and obviously bringing yourself on as well. Um, so I just wanted to kind of get get started, Robbie, and just say like, if let's say if there's a listener out there that has never seen you <laughs> wrestle. Uh, um, how would you describe um, you and your kind of style? Um, okay, so I my kind of style is kind of mixed into everything. So, like obviously, like you like you said, I um, I I can lift strong. I'm a flyer. I can pretty much adapt to pretty much anything anyone needs. Um, so I'd I'd really go along the lines of like I'm a <laughs> I'm a powerhouse at. 94 kilograms and a high flyer at 94 kilograms nice <laughs> so um have you got a certain inspiration robbie so like what well, that's a very uh, a very specific style have you got someone that you've molded that off or is that kind of from you um so i think i think it's very good to be adaptable in uh in professional wrestling um i've always obviously my uh one of my favorites growing up was Rey mysterio uh eddie guerrero uh, I might get heat for this, but I genuinely I, I love Chris Benoit as well. Uh, he was an absolute phenomenal worker. Um, 
Dean. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like I, I just, I just really like the whole, um, the the whole high flying aspect to um, to to wrestling, but then also adapting that to being a powerhouse as well, kind of thing. Uh huh. And you, you started really young, right? How old were you? So I officially started wrestling at the age of twelve. Uh, I am now currently twenty six, so I have been doing it for a while. <laughs> um, and you, I suppose, being being that age, you uh, your style has adapted with your your body, I suppose. Yeah, I think so. Because obviously, like everybody's body officially, well, um, um, our bodies officially stopped growing at what like 20 24 25 so like i'm still kind of going through the motion of my body changing um but i think it's kind of had to be adapted just to be a lot smarter on on my body um with the experience and how long i've been doing it it's kind of it's kind of i've kind of taught, had to learn and because of the amount of people i've learned from it's kind of been forced into me on how to adapt my style to how it fits me kind of thing hmm. yeah cool um so tell me a little bit about those early days then i want to i want to go back to your uh your start of, of wrestling at 12 years old like how at that age how do you get into something like this okay so i basically have been a uh, a massive fan of wrestling from such a young age uh to the point where you know, like wrestling in in the living room, getting through, like me and my brother used to wrestle all the time. Like we used to put the so uh, the the sofa pillows on the floor and we just wrestle. Um, and so I grew up watching uh, a an independent company called One PW. Uh, basically, they uh, were branded in Doncaster. Um, so at my uh, where I used to live, it literally was like a forty five minute drive. Um, so with with that being said i've always i've always wanted to become like a professional wrestler um so going 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 back to being uh 11 uh watching one pw um they decided to open a um a wrestling school up and with me being so young i was kind of like is it going to be a is it going to be something where i have to wait to grow up and be a little bit older uh, luckily at them times, it kind of, it, it kind of wasn't frowned upon to start whenever. Um, so I, I basically just went to a training school, uh, got obviously the basics down to, to, to do it. And from the very first day of sitting in a corner of the room, because I was such a shy, obviously I was 12 years old. I was around the room with bigger and older people. So I was, I was real shy. Um, but from like, from day one, um, it it just it just seemed to click if that makes sense like there was something that lit a spark in a 12 year old and it just it just clicked instantly that's that's a, a really awesome story and and i think that i can relate to it as well in a lot of ways because um as you know because you kind of trained me for a short amount mm -hmm. of time i also started ridiculously young like two years after you i was i was 14 but but like even then like and I can totally relate when you say about being the shy kid. Cause, cause I don't know about if there was any other kids when you were there, but there was none when I was, it was all adults. So like, Going did you back, have, uh, thinking about it, like, I genuinely think I was the youngest there. I think I was, the, I would think I was the youngest there for a good six to seven months. But like with me growing up, like I used to be a skater as well before wrestling. So like I used to hang out with a lot of older people beforehand as well. So like, it was kind of, it kind of scary because they're, they're new, new fresh, fresh faces. But I kind of fit it in more because I was a lot older. Because I'm used to hanging out with older people. Mm -hmm. Did um? Do you think the wrestling, getting into it such a young age, do you think that that affected your um, your kind of childhood? Because obviously, like, did you find that you weren't seeing friends as much because you were too busy training, or like, did it? Do you think that it had an impact on your social life growing up or anything like that? um so i i think in some ways yes i think in some ways it kind of it kind of ruined friendships um because obviously like you said like being busy and whatnot but then i also think it made me a better person for learning at such a young age 
because wrestling is such a well-respected round group. So me learning to respect others at such a young age is part of the reason why I'm such a respectful human being in this day and age kind of thing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I guess um, I'm thinking back now and coming into that world so young, um, like, you know, having to shake every, for those who don't know listening here, like when you, when you go to a wrestling event, you have to go around, make sure that you shake everybody's hands, not just the wrestlers, but the people that are, um, you know, behind the camera, the people, anybody, the crew, anybody who's involved, everyone works their way around and shakes hands. And it's, and it's not just like, at, at, oh we just have to do this it's like you look each person in the eye and you say you know hey um and that's really cool and and, and there's nothing um that i can think of anyway maybe a martial art maybe but there's nothing that you're going to get into so young that's going to teach you that apart from wrestling I for sure for sure and i think I, and I think with just going around having to obviously shake hands and whatnot with uh with everybody who is behind uh behind the curtain like the professional wrestlers the people who do the ring everybody in that venue when you arrive, you have to say hello. Um, and going back to how it's taught me, like I, if say, say I got a girlfriend, like I would automatically shake their parents' hands because that's how I've been brought up now. Because it's such, it's been drilled into me because it's a respectful kind of thing. So I think taking away from the wrestling side to my personal life, it's kind of made me a better person. Uh-huh. <laughs> People instantly get the, uh, the the emotion of like from a handshake. You could tell everything. Like you you can you can, you know you know somebody from a handshake. So like if you're meeting a, a parent and whatnot, like it's it's uh, kids nowadays or grown ups nowadays, they don't know the whole shaking a hand of a parent kind of thing, and that instantly connects you guys. If that makes sense. Uh huh. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I, I see. I've never um, considered how that world uh, would have affected me, like because, like I say, I got into it young too, and I'm I'm relating to a lot of the things that you say. And people are almost shocked that you're so young and you're doing quite mature things like that. So that uh-huh. that's that's really cool, and, I, and that's a, it's an it's a really good point. The um, can you tell me as well, like, so you said about how you're a fan. Uh, you know, you, you've been a fan for a long time. Uh, you'll know a hell of a lot more about professional wrestling than I will. I want to know, because this is different to everybody, what is pro wrestling to you? Oh, oh wow. I, see, I've not, I've not been asked this question for a while. Um, I think it's, it's a release. I think it's, it's a release of endorphins that no one really understands. So if you're a fan, you get a release of endorphins due to the the entertainment that we put on. Wrestlers, we release endorphins for performing for you guys. So like, obviously, like the whole, oh, it's not a sport, it's an entertainment, oh, it's an entertainment. That's out the window because realistically, it's an entertainment and a sport because you have to be sporty and athletic to do what we do. But then it's also an entertainment because we are here to get you involved emotionally, physically, and like the, for example, like it's, it's, you don't get an emotion from any other sport, I don't think. You get annoyed at football, you get annoyed at rugby because somebody scores. Same as, uh, I, I think I'm contradicting myself right now. You get, <laughs> I'm contradicting myself real bad right now. <laughs> See, the but, thing is, for me, I, I think you do get emotional about sport, but the difference is with pro wrestling, for example, the way I see it is like, I know I'm going to get my money's worth because if I pay, say you pay, uh, you know, uh, $20 to go and, um, and watch a, uh, and watch a UFC, right. Or you, or you pay the same amount of money and watch the WWE. Like, you know, the main event in the WWE is going to be an absolute slobber knocker. It's going to be so worth your time. You're going to be invested in it. You know, like I know not everyone likes the WWE, but I'm just using it as an example. Um, Whereas the UFC, it could be over like that. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And I, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And like, so taken away from UFC and obviously WWE because that's still wrestling. But like, there's so much more variety in a in a in a wrestling show than like 
22 guys kicking a football. Like I'm not taken away from people who enjoy watching football because I used to, I used to play football, uh-huh. but like, this is what I'm saying about like different endorphins releases from like wrestling. Uh, see, so for me anyway, something really cool that I heard recently, um, is, uh, about the arts council in the UK looking to, um, try and get wrestling into the sport category uh so that it, there's so many other things that it can do um and yes. it can also be more regulated and safe um so what i heard is that they're looking at characterizing wrestling training as a sport and the shows as entertainment okay um and that's actually similar to like boxing so i as far as i'm aware in this country boxing um training is, is classed as a sport and the show's entertainment because you know of all the lighting and things like yes, that of, of course of course uh, so, do you agree with that? I yeah, I I, th- I think I think to some extent I can uh, I can agree with that um, because like uh, of course it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an entertainment like it's like like like, like I just said it, it 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 draws the emotion and everything to 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 you to the viewers who are watching so therefore like they're being entertained like. I, I think I think with the wrestlers as well. Like, obviously, we kind of have to use our heads to think about the emotions that we are bringing to the fans, like to the people who are paying to see us. So, therefore, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah. So, um, what I want to know, not just from a, um, from kind of a, a wrestler's perspective, but also just talking to if there are any other kind of workers listening to this, what is your process when you're putting together a match with somebody? Okay, so with my kind of style, I like I like I like to I can I can plan very little and I can feel it. I can plan a lot. And to that point, if I've kind of got it into my head right where planning is incredible. Like you can you 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 can plan such a good good match. But if the fans don't like it, you need to be adaptable. So if the fans don't like it, you need to scrap what you planned and just go off. You need to. You, this this is this is what this is what brings the real like the 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 more experienced wrestlers involved. Because if you have this planned match from start to finish, and the and you don't have the engagement of the fans who are willing to pay to watch you wrestle. You then have to go into your professional head and think, right, this isn't working, so therefore we need to start talking inside of the ring because yes, we do talk. It's 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 very very hard to focus on a full match if you planned it to the point where the fans don't like it. Uh-huh. So I I can plan a lot to the point where hopefully the crowd comes involved. But if I know in there that they don't like it or I'm not getting the engagement that I feel they should be involved in, I will change it. Have you got a, um, an example at all? Have you, got a, have you had a match in the past where you've had to kind of do that? Um, I haven't, no, because thankfully, like, and I, I, I don't, I, like, I'm the least egotistical person you'll ever meet. But I'm very thankful that I at least think I can do my job and keep it exciting. Um, And I like to also think that I have that kind of power to make somebody who I'm wrestling look as good as possible. Um, There's, there's always been instincts like where I've not planned anything or like planned like little bits here and there and just gone with it. And it's worked perfect. Um, and then, like the whole fully planned matches, you know, everything's happening. It's exciting. Like I, 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 I don't like to be called the innovator for any, <laughs> for for a reason. Like it's it's there's a, there's a reason behind it all. You have got a fantastic um, uh, kind of uh, array of of moves as well. Like I'm I I know that moves really in wrestling are just kind of the language that we use to tell the story. Uh, so I know that they're not the be all and end all. But you have got some fantastic um, kind of if you think of if you think of moves as words, you know, in the language of wrestling, uh, 
you've sat there and you've looked through the thesaurus and you've found some pretty sweet words. <laughs> um, like, you've, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, like you're similar, I think, to um, Dean Olmark, I'd say, in a lot of ways. Like, uh, a lot of your I, moves. I'm sorry, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but Dean Olmark is probably one of my favorite human beings. He is probably <laughs> one of my favorite wrestlers to watch because, again, he's exciting. Uh-huh. I just, you know, like, sorry, I'll just point it out there. Right? No, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I've actually had him on the show. So if anyone who's listening um, that has not heard that, uh, go and check out the VIP lounge with Dean Olmark. I can't remember if, if I can't remember if that was one of the ones that I had to do two parts for because there was just so much uh-huh. that uh, we had to he's, say. He's he's an incredible human being, and he's been around a lot. And the, he's definitely one of the people now where like. I've kind of made friendships during the whole lockdown situation with him and I'd class him as one of my very good mates. Mm-hmm. So if I need any help or knowledge, I'll just pick his brains. You've, uh, you, you just brought up the, uh, the lockdown. Let's, let's move on. And, uh, I want to ask you kind of, uh, what your thoughts are, not just with, um, with coronavirus, but also with the state of kind of speaking out and things like that. What is your, um, what is your thoughts on the state of independent wrestling to date? Um, oh, oh shit! <laughs> well, it was needed, wasn't it? Let's be honest, because I, 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 again, it was needed. The amount of people that got called out fucking disgusted me, and I don't like, I like, I, I don't like swearing. But holy shit! If reading some of the stuff, like. It, it it genuinely made me disappointed to be a professional wrestler. I have no idea what ever goes... I'm going on a shoot right now, and I, I, I do apologize, but I do not understand on what goes through human being heads to even come up with anything that I read. Anything. And I'm sorry, but... Why? I don't. You don't. You you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it just because you're a professional wrestler and you have this background where you can go upon it. Don't fucking use this as an extent to be a dick. Don't be a dick at all. Let's be honest. No, I totally agree. That that the, the, the uh, I've been racking my brain since it all happened about kind of um, why why people why those people do things like that and like. All I can really think is I think that a lot of the time, um, people who are pro wrestlers, um, they used to be pro wrestling fans. And pro wrestling fans often aren't the most liked people. They're often quite, uh, they'll often be bullied. They'll often be looked down on. Uh, yeah. They won't be, realistically, they probably weren't the popular kids, right? Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, uh, they get a bit of notoriety, but only enough notoriety in this particular world. Like they're not like famous or anything, but like they'll have attention in that world. And I feel like all of a sudden they get this kind of um, this power bestowed on them that they've never had before in their life. And they don't know how to control it. And rather than using it for good uh, and, and, and they kind of, they end up um, becoming insecure about it, wanting to, um, wanting to pursue those, um, those connections, those, those kind of on the surface connections of just people like they're, they're, but they, they abuse that power. Basically. That's, that's what I can think. Do you agree? That that, that is literally the word abuse. They abuse their power. They abuse their popularity because like you said, they're so insecure. They obviously had nothing to come, uh, cut to come from. So therefore they're professional wrestlers. They've obviously been good professional wrestlers. So therefore they have a power that they can use towards women or towards men, however, like, however you want to go across it. But the fact of the matter is, they abuse it. And I'll be honest, like, it's it's probably down to boredom as well. Travelling, wrestling, every day, every weekend, it's boring. You get You get lonely. You do get lonely. But you still have no excuse to be a dick. Mm-hmm. Fucking totally respect people. It's funny, isn't it, when you say about how pro wrestling taught you so much about respect, and then we hear so many people that didn't learn that lesson. Do you know what really pissed me off the most about it? Is the people that I actually looked up to, the people that I trained, to then be feel betrayed by 
not only the fact of like they trained me, but because I was close to people, that I was blinded by it, that I didn't see it. Because if I saw it, I would have stopped it. I would have been like, I would have called them out on their bullshit. Because I don't, I don't agree with that. I do not agree with anything that happens. It's um, it's it's a, it's... it's a rough state for wrestling, but I feel like lockdowns was a blessing in disguise for some for some for this example. It's definitely been a blessing in disguise to have time off to reset to get rid of dickheads. Uh huh. Yeah, hundred percent. This is gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a sharp reboot. I think it's 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 going to be a reboot. And people ask, like I've been asked, I've been asked before, like on what do I think wrestling's gonna be like when we get back to it? And I'm genuinely excited. And the reason why I'm excited is because the dickheads that kind of built professional wrestling, they have gone. So therefore, for me, exists um, for an example. Like I don't, I don't, I I want to rebuild professional wrestling in a way of respect i don't i don't i don't i don't like what wrestling has become right now and i get it it's like some people will fall out of love with it and like that's totally understandable but i just i just want to be one of them people to give love back uh-huh. to the people to to, to 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 at least try and build a loving relationship with people who have fallen out of love with wrestling because wrestling is a powerful sport entertainment. And the fact that people have lost that love for it down to a bad situation, a very, very terrible time. I want to at least try and build that respect, the trust on, on me, on me. Like that, that, that's my views towards this. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I, I think an, an, a point that this has really made me consider is how um, people, like, whether it be wrestlers, promoters, uh, whatever, we don't consider just how symbiotic the whole scene is, how like um, what one promotion does affects others. Like mm-hmm. it's it's um, if you've got one promotion that is using their Twitter as their personal account uh, and is just spouting uh utter trash um <laughs> what's gonna happen is that's gonna make indie wrestling look bad you know it, am i right why would you use a professional account to that's that's another thing that blows my mind why would you use an account for wrestling to lay your shit out like we have direct messages we have messenger we have a phone book we can call people. Don't go on social media platforms and call your shit out if it's a professional wrestling company. Stop Particularly, it. like, just get yourself a personal Facebook. We have iPhones. We have all types of phones. We have fucking 11, 12 digits. I don't know how many digits they are. <laughs> Use your phone book to call them. Don't fucking air it on social media. Well, then what it does, I think, is it makes the whole um, because if I was a fan and I saw that, I, I that would then change my view on professional wrestling companies. I'd just be like, all oh, right. So is that how we are? Are we basically just trash bags? Are we like, is you, that like that's literally it? You're making people uncomfortable who want to see a product that you are putting up. Mm-hmm. So instead of having this, oh, this 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 tweet is going to get me likes. No, stop it. Rethink uh-huh. everything because if you're putting dirty laundry out to dry in front of people, stop it. It's it's not going to work. You I think at the end of the day, it, you've got to consider how um, I don't think enough, um, particularly on kind of the lower level independent scene. I don't think enough people um, consider like wrestlers and promoters. They don't consider that what they're putting out there. We are our own brand. We are our own business. Yeah. Like treat it like that. Like just like you were any other business, you know? Yes, exactly. You don't, you don't see like, I don't know, my favorite clothing brand, Top Man. You don't see them airing their dirty laundry out like on their, on their web pages. Like, oh, stop it. I hate social media sometimes. I I think it's it's a wonderful thing to have. 
but my word, the people that use it for negativity. Oh. Man, there needs, there needs to be a pro wrestling handbook that every single person in the industry signs that says, me, I shall not, you know? Let me ask you a question. This, uh-huh. this, this is my podcast now. <laughs> Go for okay, it, man. So what would you think wrestling would be like if every company in the UK bonded together and made one big incredible scene it it probably will never happen if it was less like one big company and it was more kind of like a um an association kind of like what the nwa used to be yeah um but it would have to be democratic it would have to be voted individuals yeah um who can be voted out uh, it would have to be, you know, I mean, that kind of way. There, yeah, there, yeah, can't, no, there can't be, but what I'm saying is what I don't want is Star Wars, right? I don't want the emperor of <laughs> independent wrestling. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like to yeah, dictate yeah, who yeah. gets the friggin' bookings, you know? <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. And, um, and I agree. I agree. Like it, it's in my head, it sounds incredible. But then if you put the logistics around it all, disastrous. Uh-huh. This certain things are in place, obviously, like I say about the sports council and kind of um and I'm not entirely sure what's going on with the whole equity thing. I heard that um that I they're, they're kind of involved. There uh I know that um BWR and a few other uh, companies yeah. have, have have signed to be kind of equity Good. approved. Like uh obviously I do performing anyway, so I have my own equity card. Uh, yeah. and I I list on there that I'm a pro wrestler as well. I, I think it's a good thing. Um yeah. you know, it's just uh just little things like insurance and things like that. Like oh, I, yeah. with, um, you know, with my whole equity card thing, I know that if I get hurt, obviously in the UK, there's the NHS, but I know I also can rely on that. And even little things like in the lockdown, uh, I got some money um, because I was out of work. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. A, an out of work performer. So they sent me money and, and uh-huh. that, that was a huge, huge, huge help. Um, you know, so like things like that, um, I definitely think we need to consider. I think what the issue is with uh, wrestling, I think, compared to other um, entertainment sources and whatever, any other businesses in general, is that wrestling started with the whole kayfabe thing. So everything uh-huh. was like, hush, hush, you know, it's just between us. And that, then what happens is we still aren't fully out of that. Like even little things like um, people don't discuss wages, people don't discuss um, kind of bookings. They're very kind mm-hmm. of like, shh, shh, shh. And like, that brews things like what speaking out is exposed because how the hell is all that gone on without anyone saying anything and it's because of this whole like oh rest it's it's this whole boys club that idea that is like oh you know when you're in that circle you keep it between you you get me uh yeah i think so i think i think realistically like like everything everything adapts i think there's some respects of like going back to like the whole money side of things like the payment side i think that's that that should always be between you and the promoter. The whole kayfabe thing, I think, in some respects, it would be incredible if that was still a thing. But, like, everything adapts. Everything evolves, and people are clever. Uh-huh. There, there's so much more social media out there now than there was what? eight ten years ago uh-huh so like everything again adapts people people things get out people start seeing these things and then people put two and two together people aren't silly no more uh-huh. like in some like it's it would be nice to keep some form of kayfabe but i think everything adapts everything does uh-huh. adapt. i think you know it's just like anything like um take uh like I, I think the kayfabe can can still be alive on and has to be alive for it to work on a show. Of course it does, um, but also it's just like anything else. You suspend your disbelief uh, when you go and see a theater show, but you know full well that there's an actor playing Hamlet. You're not like yes. oh, um, oh my god, this the that guy's just actually killed X person. And this is this is this is what I mean by uh, like the, the stuff that I was saying earlier. It's it's down to the, the entertainers to take away the whole thought of oh this is this is kayfabe this is all fake this is, this is down to the entertainers this is uh, like you just said like 
the, the 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 belief in it. You don't look at a performance and think, "Oh, this is this is kayfabe. This is staged," unless they are proving that it's staged. And this <laughs> this 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 is what puts people into different categories now. I think. I think. Um... Just going back to the social media thing as well, I think another thing that's kind of damaging um, the perception of the scene as well is how um, the issue with social media is that anybody can set up a Twitter and they can put pro wrestler, even if they're a trainee of two weeks. Yeah, I agree. And to be fair, right, when I was 14 years old and I started wrestling, if social media was as big of the thing as it is now, of course I would have done the same uh-huh. because I was 14 years old. Yeah. And, but the, but the issue is as soon as you then start tweeting every single promotion under the sun, tagging them and being like, yo, you know, I'm a pro wrestler, body, body, blah. What happens if that promotion just from, just from needing a guy, or whatever books that guy and someone gets hurt. Yep. Because they've been training for two weeks, uh-huh. because they're not ready, and this, this because wow, that's it. It's it's all down. Like people need to know their shit. Promoters need to know their shit. Like there's 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 tons, thousands of wrestlers now. As long as promoters know their shit and actually know someone can work. Someone can wrestle, someone can entertain, someone can adapt. That should never, ever, ever be an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. Never. I, I think the issue is, though, um, that there are, I think there are two types of professional worker at the moment. Uh, and, 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 well, there always will be. There's the, there's the guy who cherry picks their bookings because they want to build a reputation. And there's the guy who needs money, so will take anything. And yeah. there's not to say one's right or one's wrong, but it's the person, it's the latter person um, that is going to likely get hurt when they go to a promotion that maybe, like you say, quote, doesn't know their, their, know their shit, um, puts you on with somebody who isn't ready and you get dropped on your head. Yep. What's, um, what's your kind of ethos with, um, with bookings and things? Like, do you, do you, um, do you agree with what I say with regards to like kind of cherry picking the good ones to make sure you build a rep or have you also, or, or in the past, maybe have you been the individual that would just kind of take? Um, so I've always been, uh, oh, I'm, I've been very proud of like kind of choosing my bookings, but then also like for me wrestling, you want to get everywhere. So you want to do everything to an extent where you're not fucking yourself over and you're not fucking others over. So mm-hmm. like I've, I've got this, I've got this massive mentality in my head where I just, I want to wrestle, but I don't want to, I know my, like it's taken me a while, but I know my worth now. So if somebody's not willing to pay what I, I, I know I'm worth, then I won't. Um, oh. Like uh, so, before lockdown, uh, the year uh, I can't remember the year. I think it was twenty nineteen. So I ended up wrestling two hundred and sixty five matches in a year. Wow. So that's that's down to me just doing everything. Obviously, I so I, I wrestled I wrestled for Butlins uh, for NGW Butlins, uh, but then like when I wasn't on said buttons when it wasn't like the peak times to be there i would do everything i could to wrestle um so i think i think i think it's one of them mentalities now where you want to wrestle everywhere but you also need to learn your worth uh-huh and actually understand like don't 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 be egotistical about it though like if i had any advice just look at what you've done look at what your peers have mentioned about you look at who you've wrestled, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and then that's 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 your worth, uh-huh. and how long you've been doing it, how long you've been training, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's your worth. Just wrestling, res- wrestling hurts. Just remember that. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's not a soft, it's not it's not a kind sport to your body. 
Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. The um, and and when you when you're mentioning about worth as well, if I just touch on this, what are your thoughts on this? Right. So, let's say you know we take that mindset. You know, you want to work everywhere, and that's great. You become an individual who is pretty much getting booked everywhere. Two 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 shows a night. Um, I can think of a few names, um, but I'm not going to say, obviously, but like, you know, you work in two shows a night, you're going pretty much everywhere. You kind of get the reputation as the guy that'll work everywhere. Yep. You're always on an independent wrestling show. From a promoter's point of view, at what point does that start hindering your worth? Because let's say they've got a huge show in one town. And the, the thing is with the British wrestling scene it's like we've almost we've got as many shows as the American scene, but we're so condensed. Like yeah. the, the the UK is the size of just a state in the US. Yeah. So yeah. like in the US, where you'd be driving for hell hell ages to, to find yeah. another show, there could be one within a couple of miles here. Yeah. Um. So at what point does that promoter say, "Well, putting you on my show, my big show that I've got, isn't going to do me any good because the the following week you're going to be up the road at some crap show." Um, where they charge eight pound a ticket like at what point does that start hindering your worth oh i i mean at the end of the day i think it's it's you've got to do what you have to do in wrestling because the independent scene is it's it's a weekly thing it's not a, a monthly pay packet it's not it's not a contract you have to find everything you can so i don't think it's a whole worth point um i think people need to start looking at it like it's a job it's a job you you have to do what it you it, you have to do what it, you you got to do to make a living investing it is it is so hard to just be a professional wrestler is so hard so if you have if you want to become a professional wrestler without a, a side like a main job then you have you you have to do what you what, what you do mm-hmm. uh, i think realistically the worth it's how somebody wrestles if 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 they look lazy on your show and then they look different on, on the on, on the show that pays eight pound then that's when you have to question it but if if somebody's worth ethic is 100% every show, every match, every week. I don't think it should be an issue. All right. No, no, that that's a totally valid point. Um, where do you see yourself in five years, Rob? I see myself in Japan. In Japan or AEW. Um, my main goal is Japan. I want to wrestle for new japan i want to live in japan um the everything in japan looks my 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 my, my kind like it's it's what i want to do it's where i want to be i look like i just love the whole japanese scene I love the culture. I, I I I'm just very passionate about wanting to go to Japan. Nice. That'll be. I think you'll fit right in. The um the thing is as well. I so recently I've been doing kind of a seminar, um about a few different things in wrestling really and uh, character work etc. But also kind of um branding yourself and being able to sell yourself. And one of the questions that 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 a lot of people find difficult is when they're asked um. So where do you want to go? And then why would they want you? So my next question would be, if you were selling yourself to those companies over in Japan, yeah. uh, what would what would they, why would they want you on their show? I feel like I can offer, a, um, like a, I'm very diverse. I can be a very happy, cheery, good guy. If you want a prick, I can be a prick. I have a, sl- I have a switch. I'm very diverse. I can do. I I I can be powerful. I can be. I can be a hardcore wrestler. I can. I can be a high flyer. I'm very adaptable to what people need me to be. Um, so therefore, I feel like I can. I can be a good entertainer in Japan. My kind of style fits into Japan. I can do things that. A lot of people can't do 
and a lot of people that don't do it. Uh-huh. And I'm not just meaning like the whole flippy side of things. Like I can add, I can add a flip into a powerlifting thing. Like I can do a backflip into a powerbomb. Like that, that, that's one, that's one thing that I can do. I don't want to sit here and name all the moves that I can do. Like, cause that's not me. I'm, I'm just very diverse to what the promoter needs for me. Something that I really love about your work in the ring um, is that you see one of the things that I personally, and this is just my personal opinion, something that I dislike about wrestling in certain ways Mm -hmm. is when people add something that doesn't make sense. So like, for example, (laughs) let's say that you're running and and it's just so that it's exciting. So let's take, for example, you know, one thing that I really hate and I'm putting it out there and I'm probably going to get hate because I know fans love it, but there's that that tag team. Um, I can't remember where they work, but um, one of the the guys on the floor, one of them does a backflip, and then the guy pushes him. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, see, I don't like that because I'm like, well, how does that add any impact? If he was pushing him down, then I'd get it. But all you're doing, he's just he's just deliberately flipping in the wrong place, so you can do that. Yeah, like, you're, you're, yeah you know I, what I mean. I know who you're talking about. Um, it that. takes me out of it. And and another example is when someone's running into someone in the corner. And they'll they'll do like a handstand or something on the way. Does that add any speed? No. But what I love about you is when you do it, um, you're doing it for a reason. So let's say I think there's some. Is it? Uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you snap mare the guy and then you handstand and then kick them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that because I'm thinking to myself, well, he's not going to be able to get in position for that kick without that handstand. Uh huh. And that's so cool. It's like you're you're doing it and you're like, all right, I need to boot them in the face right now. So I'll do this. And it's actually quicker than if you stepped round and did it. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I um, love that. I absolutely so I really I, respect yeah. that. So a little story about that. Like, so when I was six uh seventeen, I wrestled Jay Lethal and he did that. So I kinda obviously like I, I don't like the whole stealing of moods, but it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen um so like with that kind of stuff like the way i look at it now is with the whole like you said the movement kind of things like you want to make the movements in wrestling the smooth as you can and if you think about it like the whole movement side of that move instantly takes me to that cartwheel i don't like things that don't make sense and this is this is this this is the issue I I I always have it in my head, maybe too much. Um, I always question it. Does this make sense? And I feel like, for myself, I'm blessed to have this question in my head constantly because it makes me a better worker, it makes me a better wrestler, and it makes it 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 just makes me question myself and it's not a bad thing i like it's genuinely not a bad thing like i like you said i i appreciate what you just said i think people need to start realizing that question and it's not a bad question it's not a bad question it helps it helps sometimes sometimes it might not make sense uh-huh. uh, you, we, we, you, you have to learn you have to learn I um I was having a conversation and um something that I really appreciate even though I'm I'm obviously on the small time compared to most people I really appreciate that um a lot of workers kind of um see my talent for kind of character work and uh-huh. um a lot of the time so I got a, I I was speaking to somebody and they were asking me about some advice on um on how they can get into character better. They said that they feel silly when they're doing promos and things like that. And and I, I tried to explain to them that it's because they don't ask themselves that question. So they don't have a fully realized character. So this, this individual, um, his persona is this kind of no nonsense. He just, he's a, he's a, he's reckless. He'll beat the hell out of people. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he jumps off shit just willy nilly. Um, he kind of has this kind of, um, suicidal thing about him. Right. Um, but then he'll do an atomic drop and it's like, okay, why would your character do that wants to hurt somebody? Why would they, why wouldn't he spine buster them from that position? Uh-huh. You know, For do you sure. get what I'm saying? Like, like, why would he lift them up and put them down in kind of an almost a very 80s? Uh, he said, oh, well, yeah, well, it leads into a big boot. It's like, well, just do the big boot, you know? Yeah. And this is and this is going back to what I just said. Ask yourself, does it make sense? 
Uh-huh. Does it make sense for you? Does it make sense for the move? Mm-hmm. Just because you want to get to another point, does it make sense? Exactly. And I think once you've got all those little pieces, once, once, when I say, you know, I love the idea again, like I said, that moves are words and wrestling is the language. Uh-huh. Once you have the right words, suddenly you're, you're, you're going to be speaking have much better sentences therefore you're going to have a whole different vocabulary and sure. that's going to bleed into the character that you portray of course, um, of course. you know and and it's amazing that like because because i think individuals like yourself like so what amazing workhorses people don't consider the the character work that you also put on like robbie x is a whole realized brand and all of the moves that you do um you know they 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 tell an amazing story um, you know, and, and like after watching your work, if anyone's listening to this and hasn't watched Robbie, uh, have you got any matches on, on the internet, Robbie? There, is, there, is, there is, there is many, many wrestling matches. Um, What's your favorite? Which, which one should people go for? So, okay. So going back to my, my, my older wrestling, um, Jay Lethal, me versus Jay Lethal from the South side, uh, speaking that is on YouTube. Um, one of my recent ones. Um, so there is me against Sean Custom from Defiant. There is two incredible matches on there. That's probably one of my favorite matches that actually sticks out. Um, then also uh, BWR, uh, me versus Ricky Knight Jr., which is also one of my favorite matches. Um, there is me versus Will Ospreay. Wow. NGW, uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I, think, I think he just came back from uh, his first tour in Japan. Or maybe it's second, but yeah, that is also on uh, YouTube. That's cool. I am. Um, I remember seeing you. I think I was fi- uh, fifteen years old, and I watched you live for the first time at Southside. Um, I can't remember who you were against, um, but it was it was amazing to see. It was um, it was a show that had um, Madman Manson on it. Um, and a few other people, I can't remember, but, uh, but no, it was a great show. I just want to, um, before we kind of wrap up, uh, Robbie, I just want to, um, kind of dive in a little bit further. I, I know that you, um, you know, I, I hope you don't mind discussing it. I know it was a dark time in your life, but can you tell me about your, um, your dad's unfortunate passing at 16, um, and kind of tell me, uh, oh. what that was like kind of keeping up wrestling at that time i hope you don't mind discussing no no no, this this is this is fine um okay so when i was uh when i was 16 so uh i was he basically ended up having to have uh kidney surgery which is basically like obviously it's one of the main procedures like they do it they do it every day um so i was doing a show and uh i found out that obviously he had to go into surgery um so i didn't end up doing the show um because basically so we was in sheffield at this point um so i was about getting changed um and then uh my brother who is mike milky bell he used to be a referee he got a phone call from my mom uh, basically saying that my dad's surgery went to shit and he basically had like 24 to 48 hours to live um complex story basically the hospital fucked his surgery up um so everything happened um i went through like this pretty fucking rough time uh but i carried on wrestling um i wrestled three shows the weekend after um for nvw which was uh Norton British Wrestling, uh, Shooting Star Wrestling, and I think it was RDW. Um, and I've only come to the conclusion on the reason why I wrestled so much from 16 to now. And it's only taken me this lockdown to actually be aware of what was going on. So, like, the whole grieving side of everything, um, it's it's been one of them situations where I've realized that I've not actually grieved. So it's been 12 years, uh, rough around 12 years, and I've managed to wrestle to the point where I've not actually grieved at all, other than this lockdown. And I've like it's 
it hit me during the third lockdown. So like the third lockdown was probably the roughest lockdown out of them all. Um, just down to like anxiety, depression, and also the whole grieving side of it. Um, so going back to wrestling, like he he never really he never really came to watch me because he was a hard working man. Um, but like I remember the one show he did come and watch me, and I've never seen him so proud and have a smile on his face whilst he was watching me if that makes sense like we used to just sit down and I'd be like hey dad want to watch my match from last night and we just sit down but like he never really have the focus because it's on a tv so like watching him go from like just watching me wrestle once to the enjoyment uh, then it kind of it kind of it kind of keeps me going kind of keeps me going and like at the end of the day, like I know, he'll always be watching down on me. I've got a story. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go off this little tangent. So, I, the whole, um, I can't remember what you call it, but basically, so like my dad used to collect five peas and one peas, and so when once everything happened, when he passed and everything, I started traveling a lot more, and there was these kind of situations where I kept finding five P's in the most weirdest places to the point where like it only happens when I'm uncomfortable when I'm a little bit anxious so there was this one time um, I was walking and in this uh, in this little place where I genuinely have no idea how there was a five P and it brought a smile to my face and then from that day on I kept finding five P's in the most weirdest places when we uh, we did an NGW tour with Butlins, and I found a 5P under my pillow in a hotel room that was freshly made. So this 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 is kind of like, uh, like I'm getting like this weird sensation in my body right now just talking about it, but like it's it's one of them things where I know now, and I've known for a couple of years that he's always following me, no matter where I am no matter how I'm feeling, there's always a little bit of him around, if that makes sense. What do you think, um, if, if he could speak to you now, what do you think he would say about your life right now? God. Um, he'd, <laughs> he'd look me in the eye and be like, you, you, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. He, he, I, know, I, know, I know he would be proud. Sorry, Rob, I think I lost you there. That's cool. That's fine. Um, yeah, so I'll uh, just, just go from that question again. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd, he'd look... He'd, I know what he'd do. He'd look me in the... He'd look me square in the eye and be like... He'd, he'd, he'd tell me how far like, he is of me. He'd, he'd, he'd tell me that I'm doing a fantastic job at living. And looking out, looking after like, other people. Because that, that he was a very caring man. That's... um. That's that's really nice, and you certainly, you certainly are my man. Um, you're definitely a, you're hundred percent. I I have no doubt in my mind that that five year plan that you said, I can totally see that happening. And um, we've heard it firsthand on the VIP lounge. Uh, five years down the line, you will be in Japan, uh, working your ass off as you always do, making your dad proud. <laughs> um, thank you so much for sharing um such a tender. Uh, kind of a story there. I really, really appreciate it. I'm sure that our listeners will too. Um, so just before we wrap up, Robbie, uh, is there anything you would like to say uh, to your audience? Um, obviously, awaiting shows coming back. Uh, is there anything that you want to tell them um, about the new Robbie X that will be coming to shows? Um, I, I probably not you. Um, I just, I just want everybody to have belief in wrestling. There is still good people out there. There's still good people that will look out for people. So please stay positive. Please stay. Trust us. Trust us to rebuild a brand that you, everybody will be proud of. Because things will change. Things will change for the better. 
and just just i'm excited i'm excited and everyone else should be too all right so that was uh that was robbie x on the vip lounge now robbie um thank you so much for coming on uh if people want to find you on social media uh what are your handles my handle is robbie underscore x underscore fantastic on instagram on twitter fabulous and you can find uh those um those wrestling uh matches as well that robbie that Roddy dropped in you can check them out on youtube you can also check out his work on uh, bwr on demand as well uh thank you so much for joining me robbie um and uh i hope to see you down the road thank you for having me my dude thank you all right and that was robbie x on the vip lounge podcast i hope you enjoyed that guys i I sure as hell did uh i'm pretty sure robbie liked being in the hot seat too um please do go on social media uh not only robbie on his handle that he shared there uh but also i want to hear your thoughts uh on uh reese ryan brand uh you can find me on instagram twitter check out the website as well reeseryanbrand.com for any uh blogs uh as well as merchandise and more things up and coming um all right i love you all i can't wait to see you uh when we do this again all right uh peace and love